Irreverent, entertaining, cool. You're listening to LA Talk Radio. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Is Nepal's goddess of power the goddess of evil? Where can one find freedom of information in the Freedom of Information Act? Australia's outback is barren and so are the souls of the people who work there. These are just a few of the topics we will be covering today. Hello, I am William Mayoff. And I am Nancy DeFabio, and welcome to Animal News Magazine. This is a live radio show about animals. Topics range from animals in science, to animals in entertainment, to animals in religion, to animals in agriculture. Animals play an important role in our daily lives as individuals and as a society. And this show is about increasing our knowledge and understanding of the animal world. And from that information, you can draw your own conclusions. Our guest today is attorney Pat Kendall. She'll be coming back on the show, and she'll be talking about this ag movement that's going on in Canada and what it all means. As many of you know, Alberta just passed an ag law, and Ontario is uh, getting ready to pass another one. Right. So uh, she'll come on the show and explain a little bit of all that, what all that is about today. And for those who don't know what gagging, agag, it's all these beautiful societies and organizations who uh, who uh, out uh, the companies and the entities right. that are abusing animals. Right. And, and they, they get video, they get audio, they get right. recordings, they get witness live testimony showing injustices and, and, and torture right. to animals. So that's kind of a protected speech which should be fostered yeah. and encouraged. And freedom of the press. And freedom of the press, of in course. In the U.S. Let's first, see what, it's, what First Canada Amendment in the say. States and the counterparts in Canada. So this is not a kind of speech that should be curtailed. Right. It's for the justice and if it's truthful about animals and the abuse of the animals. So that's what AGAG is all about. But first, Nancy. Before we start, a panda walks into a bar and he sits down and he orders a sandwich. He eats, he pulls out a gun, and he shoots the waiter dead. As the panda stands up to leave, the bartender shouts, Hey, where are you going? You just shot my waiter and you didn't pay for the food. The panda turns back and yells, Hey man, I'm a panda. Look it up. The bartender opens his dictionary to panda, and it reads, A tree climbing mammal of Asian origin, characterized by distinct black and white coloring, eats, shoots, and leaves. <laughs> no, it's not. Eats, shoots, leaves. Eats, oh, he eats, shoots, and leaves. <laughs> you mean the shoots are... Bamboo shoots. Bamboo shoots. That, you know, Nancy, you know, that's a sideline of comedy. You, you really got to... You missed your other calling there. You got to go on these comedy shows. This man. is by uh, Jerry Garrison. He's eats, from shoots, Arizona. So he's so, fulfilling his mandate, the panda. The panda. He eats, shoots, and leaves. See, I got to get the joke straight. I love these jokes because I repeat them. As I said last show, I, I go up to strangers and people I work with, and I, I just tell them your jokes all week, and it breaks the ice. It's wonderful. Yeah. This, this is a full-service show, ladies and, and gentlemen. Leaves. I love it. Eats, shoots, and leaves. <laughs> all eats, right. shoots, and leaves. Very So funny. let's get to uh, the first sad story of the day. Well, every five years... For two days, sometimes more, pilgrims flock to the temple of the goddess of Gademai in the uh, small Nepalese border town of Bariyarpur to behead vast quantities of livestock. The sacrifice of hundreds of thousands of animals, including buffaloes, sheep, and goats, is made in the name of a Hindu goddess of power. The purpose of the festival is to promote prosperity and expel evil. At the festival, animals are crammed into pens, literally run for their lives as men with knives and swords attack them and are eventually beheaded. In Nepal, can you believe it? Wow, that's pretty savage in 2019 <laughs> I can't 20. It in Nepal. Uh, the, the Gadhimai festival is part of the Hindu religion. Huge numbers of worshippers from Indian states, where animal sacrifices banned, stream across the border for the festival. 
At the crack of dawn on Tuesday, December the 3rd, the festival began with the sacrifices of a rat, a goat, a rooster, a pig, and a pigeon. By 9 a.m., about 200 birch butchers began to take their kukuris, a type of Nepalese blade, to the necks of the buffaloes. Witnesses reported that the air was filled with the cries of the animals. By the end of the day, between 3,000 to 6,500 buffalo had been beheaded. In September, the government of India ordered areas bordering Nepal to ban all animal exports to the neighboring country throughout November. Indian activists have been patrolling the border to try to prevent the illegal export of livestock into Nepal, although only a few hundred have been seized. Swami Agnivish, a well-known Indian politician and social activist, denounced animal sacrifices, quote, heinous and diabolical, end of quote. Umesh Menali, former head of Nepal's Ministry of Home Affairs, said people should be encouraged to sacrifice coconuts instead of animals. It's a good trade-off. Well, well, well. at least the Indian government's not behind right. this. They're trying to discourage right. this. So kudos to India, correct? Right. And then they don't—they okay. don't seem to have this uh, religious protection because other states so in the region yeah, I'm have banned that. But I got to hand it to you because this is not mainstream news at all. No. It's not when you turn your phone on and you're flicking around and no, you know doing. No, it's not usually on uh, ABC or CTV or so. Uh, so I La Italia. <laughs> so I commend you, Nancy, and in Animal News Magazine, you find these fantastic stories. You bring this to light. So what can we do about this? That this is terrible. Well, it's all the way in Nepal. Actually, I think that um, the government is going to eventually uh, make it illegal also in Nepal. The, I mean, in, in, in 2015, the Supreme Court of Nepal did rule in favor of ending animal sacrifices, but um, it was just a suggestion. They don't, they don't really have, they, they have no means of enforcing it. There are no steps for impl implementation um, that were established, but uh, no bans were actually put in place. But I think it's only a matter of time that uh, they'll uh, figure it out and uh, well, be seems able to, 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 to pass a law, to what? make a law that can be enforced. But why would the government there of Nepal be powerless to go ahead and enact and then uh, You need a law. Okay. And they don't have one right now. So... Well, the court of public opinion has to kick in. Then is that what's going on here? We've got to yeah, get this. Yeah, and there is a court of public opinion, and there's also, you know, the, uh, there's also the, the argument on on the on the say on behalf of the beheaders, the the, the 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 village people there. The high priest, I think his name is uh, Mangal Chadari. He's a temple high priest, and he said that the world has to respect their traditional culture, that it's the center of their faith, and uh, it's their tradition, so it will continue. So it sounds that. It sounds like, uh, sounds like some freedom, fa blah, blah, blah. fake legitimacy when you have fellow Hindus, right? They're saying they're doing it in the name of uh, Hindu practice, and you have fellow Hindus by India condemning the practice. Yeah, no, really, so legitimate really. Hindus in India yes. are condemning that practice. Yes, this is a small group of people, and thank goodness it's only every five years, even though too many animals are sacrificed. But uh, people should look up at this uh, animal rights group uh, team in Nepal. They obtained drone images of the... the of all the cadavers of the catastrophe. The group is called Animal Equality. Um, they have a drone that shows the aftermath of the religious killing at the festival. Uh, it's actually the largest sacrifice, animal sacrifice in the world. They also document that some of the animals were actually sexually abused, if you can believe it. Um, Wait, in the same circus here, the same horrific the same stuff? same circus. So they behead them, they torture them, then they abuse them well, sexually. Well, first, I don't know if they abuse them. Well, does, sexual abuse. does Nepal have a website for tourism and all this? Why don't we go ahead and contact them? It's like contact writing letters, well, whoever it is, well, let, the, the, let the them Nepalese know. the Nepalese government, for sure, they can be contacted. Uh, you know, they had calves who froze to death while they were waiting to be slaughtered. Um, emaciated animals, no food, no water. It's just, a, it's a... You know, it's. It, I guess it's kind of not a good thing, but it. It's a little bit of a relief that it's only five years. They do it every five years, but I think it's going to be coming to an end soon. But thank goodness that nobody's screaming. You know, real constitutional religious freedoms, because that would be like a real 
that would take a really long time to it's overcome. It sounds like a license to just act insane and go, go nuts and, just, and blame you know, it on they religion. They believe that they believe that if they slaughter their animals, they will have prosperity, they'll be protected from evil, they will have good health. They believe in this goddess of power, you know? It just It's a fringe. Next story. But the event remains usually popular in a traditional society where many people believe that this is a like legitimate, before, not legitimate. Like I said before. Yeah, okay. In August of 2019, the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals in San Francisco reinstated a lawsuit challenging the USDA secrecy on Animal Welfare Act records. The court ruled in favor of the Animal League Defense Fund in an appeal challenging the dismissal of a lawsuit against the United States Department of Agriculture for removing tens of thousands of animal welfare records from the agency's website. The Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals reversed the United States District Court, for, which dismissed the lawsuit in August 2017, and remanded the case back to Judge Oreck who, uh, to determine whether the USDA's database removals were legal. The Animal Legal Defense Fund filed the lawsuit in February 2017, shortly after the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, APHIS, took down publicly available databases and repopulated them with significant redactions. The lawsuit argues that the USDA's decision to remove the records previously posted in the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Services database violates the Freedom of Information Act. The removed documents include records relating to violations of the Animal Welfare Act at thousands of research laboratories, roadside zoos, and puppy mills across the country. Sounds like a cover-up to me, and that's terrible to yeah. read. Redact is a simple way of just removing information right. from documents, editing and censoring all this stuff. These records were used to advocate for stronger animal protection policies, confront the USDA over inadequate regulation of substandard facilities, supply evidence for law enforcement action, and build legal cases against violators. So they're suppressing evidence that could advance the welfare of animals. All right, and who's doing that? The, the, uh, the current administration, the USDA. So that's what's going on. So they're promoting, they're promoting the injustice to the animals and all that. They're, right, they're, but now it's been remanded yes. to Judge Oreck. So, um, so he's going to hear something, he might gonna, reverse it's that. He's going to go back to his court, and he's going to have to reverse his initial decision. And I don't know, that's my question to you. Is he going to change his, because the Supreme Court remanded the case back to him, who decided that, um, that, that the, uh, the... Well, that's uh, great news then. Defense fund did well, not that's have if the court standing. ruled in favor of the Animal Defense League in an appeal challenging the dismissal for moving tens of thousands, and if it's being remanded, then the, that, the, the lower court is now being asked to, to review the policy, yeah. to revisit the so issue. So my question to you is, do you think that the lower court is going to reverse its initial decision because it's only going to go back to the Supreme Court? Doesn't he have to change his decision and let the lawsuit go forward? Yes. This is an appellate court remanding and telling the lower court, the district right. courts. So in other words, you're saying, hey, listen, you know, like you need to change your story here because uh, we don't want to... The, you know, the Animal Legal Defense Fund to come back and yeah. have it remanded back uh, to So that's very time. good news, actually. So the, so the trial court, the, the court of the first instance, is going to have to reconsider in light. The appeal was successful. Right. Yeah. And, and it, the appeal was successful. So they're right. going to have to reconsider or right. you know, reinstate what has been censored or change their practice. Yeah. So that's good. And, uh, and it's not going to the Supreme Court anytime soon because... Uh, we're going to have to hear from the uh, the district court, the right, trial the court once court, again. Right, the district court, have to say, okay, you know, you're... So here's the deal. Forward. Here's the deal on this. So Judge William Oreck, uh, um, the district court, the trial court, the court of the first instance, it's been sent back to him, right. and it's got to determine. He's got to he's got to evaluate this issue once again to determine whether the USD's database removers were legal. And I'm thinking... Right. Uh, what, once, so the, once, well, wait, what the trial courts, the judges don't really like to be appealed. Right. They have egos, it's case president, but they're, they're, they're seemingly, arguably human beings. 
So with that in mind, he's probably going to change uh, looking at this issue. And, and we have hope uh, to believe, and it, I think it's real to believe, that they might say some or all of the deletions or redactions were illegal. Right. And that was a censorship thing. And, and he'll do it in a face-saving Absolutely. way, this judge. But knowing that the barrel of the so-called gun of the appellate court's looking down on him, he'll make those uh, changes. Right, that and was my question. Yes, that, and I think that's... He's going back to the same judge, and he doesn't want to be right. embarrassed. Right. So. Correct, and that's how that works. They don't want to be appealed. So now that he's got his marching orders, I think it bodes well, and he'll just he'll slide or adjust the yeah. facts... Uh, to uh, to say that something was illegal, maybe come up with a split that maybe compromise. Yeah, he'll probably a come decision. up. But you know, we'll take whatever. Right. <laughs> we'll take that, whatever some, we, whatever. some of the censorship maybe was was uh, valid. That they, 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 no, they it, but no, some wasn't. There was no uh, no. That's not my argument. That's probably what he's going to do when he right. splits the baby. Yeah. That's my projection. Well, why don't you tell the, our listeners what the Freedom of Information is? So, sure. The Freedom of Information Act requires that agencies make available. In a reading room, important types of documents, including final agency opinions, orders. Remember, the FDA is an agency of the federal government. Correct. And frequently requested records. Now, it makes this information available. Reading rooms, formerly actual rooms with reading material filed for review. Um, they've been replaced, of course, with modern electronic reading right. rooms in the form of website and document databases like AFIS databases that USDA took down. So, you know, you obviously got some collusion with the nasty people who are abusing the animals and the people on the agency, the the USDA. You got, they're in bed together, obviously, if the USDA, an agency, is protecting the abusers. Well, puppy mills, zoos, uh, these factory farms, and it definitely is a violation of the Freedom of Information Act. So I think we're going to be hearing good news uh, with regard to that. I agree. uh, You know, the AAPF, they don't waste any time. They just, they're on it. And and there are other animal rights groups that also cooperate, and these people are amazing. They get on it right away. Who's these people? The animal rights groups, animal welfare groups, anybody, you know, all these these groups who, who... are very well organized. Um, Mercy for Animals. They do great undercover investigation. Uh, they 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 all come together and they file these amazing lawsuits and their briefs are spectacular. And um, it's, it's this one I think is going to be ultimately a winner. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. On other news, uh, on or around December six, two thousand nineteen, an Israeli national news program aired footage depicting animal cruelty on four massive cattle stations in the Australian outback. The footage was shot on four West Kimberley cattle stations for over two years by animal welfare investigators from Israel who took jobs at the stations. The investigators are from the Israeli animal welfare group Sentient. Kilto Station, about 50 kilometers from Broome, is one of the sites in the footage which depicts cattle being hit in the face by workers, beaten with a stick, and dehorned without painkillers. Man, you know, I love Australia, and I can't believe that any of that well, is, believe it. goes on there. The investigation documented workers attempted to shoot cows with cheap bullets, which often failed to kill the animals the first time. One cow was shot five times before dying more than an hour later after the worker switched to a more powerful gun. Another cow was shot three times before finally dying. They have film of this, Nancy? Yes. Yeah, really, that sucks. You can sucks. go to mercyforanimals.com. Actually, you can go to the Sentient website. And From Israel. Actually, it was showed on Israeli National News. Uh, and Israel's got two, st- on cable here anyways, they got two stations and they got yeah. a 24-hour news station. But but so you folks, you folks that care, that's very good for, for uh, unearthing that to Israelis. And uh, you, know, you think that Australia... Very civilized country. Yeah, not on the outback, that's for sure. But, you know, maybe they're not aware that it's not official government policy, and maybe they can look well, they will. the Australian authorities and uh, try to clean house there. Even the person responsible for animal welfare in one of the stations kicked a calf in the face and punched him multiple times. Yeah, we got to look at that on the Internet. The segment also shows sick and injured cattle left to suffer and die without any veterinary care, large numbers of dead cattle being dragged into an uncovered pit, and calves considered valueless left to die of starvation. That's just really messed up, man. Sentient CEO 
Sentient, spelled S as in Sam, E-N as in Norman, T-Tom, I-E-N-T. That's sentient, like sentient beings, okay? Beings. Anyway, sentient CEO Ronan Barr said in a statement that the problem is industry-wide, that what they document are standard practices. So maybe this is, you know, maybe there's more awareness than we uh, care to the... Right. To uh, recognize in Australia. So, you know, this is a shout out to Australia to do something here also. One station worker whose face and voice have been distorted in the video can be heard saying, quote, nobody uses painkiller, too expensive, too much hassle, end of quote. That's pretty sick. Another cattle station worker said to an investigator, the cost of the vet has to be less than what the animal is worth. But it costs a lot more than what the animal is worth. Another worker said, that's just the way it is, the way it happens. Someone is going to do it in your place if you're not there. Following the release of footage on Israeli television that also showed cattle on several stations bellowing while having their horns removed, staggering following horn removal or castration, and being kicked in the face by stage where this is unbelievable, like, you know, West Australia has promised to fast-track its laws. So someone in the government knows about this, okay? So they got to yeah. fast-track it faster. Australian animal welfare standards state that pain relief must be used when dehorning cattle over six months old or 12 months in rangeland stations. But so far, those standards, which, which were introduced in 2016, are only enforced by law in one state, South Australia. So this is, uh, you know what? It's not secret backwoods stuff. It's probably made the papers right. in Australia, and the public it knows about it. It exploded everywhere. And the government knows about it. It was a two-year-long investigation. Well, then here we go. The West Australia Agriculture Minister, Alana McTiernan, McTiernan said she would fast-track regulations that would make it an offense to dehorn cattle above six months of age without appropriate pain relief. So it's it's been made public there, and they we've got to act on that. They have to yeah, do I think they will, it. depending on the strength of the lobby. I don't know how strong the lobby is there, but you know, about three percent of the uh, of cattle. I think they they export a little over a million cattle, and three percent of them, um, uh, in two thousand eighteen and two thousand nineteen, uh, were sent were exported to Israel. I guess that's why they had an interest in well, what finding about the out outback? where their cattle. What came? about the stakes here in California and America? Um, the outback, the the Australian stake. Is the Outback buying products from these, uh, you know, these abused? They're uh, also cows? imported in. Um, they also they're, they're also imported in, uh, in other countries, exported to other countries, but uh, Israel is moving toward uh, a ban of live cattle and sheep imports from Australia because they're imported live, the sheep and the cattle. And uh, one of the uh, people who are campaigning. Um, in, who are in favor of campaigning against importing these live animals into Israel is the First Lady Sarah Netanyahu. So, um, you know, good good for her. Um, they're also, they're exported to Asia um, and uh, sold in Australian supermarkets and sent, <laughs> actually, we get boxed meat in the U.S., I think. They're sent to us as, like, I don't know, those boxed meats. Yes. Um and Japan and other countries. But they go everywhere. So what's the difference if they're exported live? Into, I don't understand the connection with Sarah Netanyahu. Well, because we're supporting an industry that beats animals, and the ones who are exported, we don't know how. Is, I mean, does Sarah want to stop the importation of Australian beef? She wants to stop the importation beef? of you who are dehorned without any painkillers, so probably castrated without any painkillers. Okay. So the message, the message, so the people understand and I understand is, it sounds like we don't want to buy Australian meat products right. until they clean up their act. Correct. So there you go. There you go. That's the message. That's the message. Right. Short, sweet headline. But you headline. know what? Australia is the world's largest exporter of live animals. Well, there's it. So the next time, because they got a big steakhouse in Los Angeles, folks, out there in beautiful radio land. It's called the Outback. You know, that's not a knife. This is a knife. You know, I like Australia and all that, but they got to clean their house. They got to make sure it's. BS doesn't happen here. They're pulling horns out of without anesthesia and kicking them in the face. If these are sleazebag workers and it's an isolated incident, get rid of them. But, you know, you've already got a name of a politician here, Alana McTiernan, the agriculture minister. You know, it's time to get Australian uh, Nicole Kidman and Russell Crowe and all these guys to give a damn about what they do in their their, their home country. Well, here. some of them give a damn. Well, then, let, let, you know, they got a lot of uh, publicity capabilities and all that, they should speak to that, you know, not have that. 
But you know, the uh, Brazil is also uh, a pretty good. Uh, 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 I don't know, good, but it's, uh, they export a lot of animals, and they too have a have a, a bad record. So any but animals imported from Brazil are also uh, have also too. probably been abused. But guess what? You would expect that that from a third world country like Brazil. And I, that should be condemned, and that's horrific. Yeah, but you know, Agreed. the outback is barren. There's nothing there. I they know. can do whatever the hell they want. I mean, people, just, my, I don't even think people live there. I think pikers go there, tour, but it's like, and again, you, people don't see what's going on inside those four walls. They just see, you know, grass and skies and, but you the, know, like those puppy mills in Pennsylvania. They see people with their carriages and their funny hats, but they don't see what goes on inside with all the dogs being abused, so... Um, a couple yeah. of comments. Brazil's a third world country, although that practice should be condemned. Right. You'd expect it from a place like Brazil, but you wouldn't expect it from a, an ally, Australia, a Western civilized right. nation. Okay, I think Australia. It has a lot to do with the people you they wouldn't hire. expect it from Australia. Yeah, That's I what know. I'm saying. It has now, a lot to do with the now, people they hire. What you're telling me now in the outback of Australia, but those beaten up animals and calves. Just because it happens, way the hell, who knows where, it still goes into mainstream meat production in Australia, correct? correct? Yeah. Okay. So having it far away from cities in Sydney yeah. and Melbourne and the outback doesn't give anyone any excuses. Well, it that protects and keeps them away from yeah. the people who might, you know, right. might see the, you know, I, I don't know, might see all those dead cows in some uncovered pit somewhere. So, um, so we're going to talk... We're going to be calling Pat Kendall in a little bit, and uh, I want to. Uh, uh, well, we're going to talk about uh, the Ontario Bill uh, 150. It's called Bill 156, and it's called uh, the Security. This is funny. This is this is. Well, I don't know. It's, actually, it's not funny, but it's it's amusing. Maybe that's the proper word. Security from Trespass and Protecting Food Safety Act 2019. Listen very carefully. There's an explanatory note for this bill. And this is what the legislature, the Ontario legislature is saying in their explanatory note. The bill is intended to protect farm animals, the food supply farmers and others from risks that are created when trespassers enter places where farm animals are kept or when persons engage in unauthorized interactions with the animals. The risks include... The risk of exposing farm animals to disease and stress, as well as the risk of introducing contaminants into the food supply. You know what? That guy or gal who wrote all that BS, right? you know what I mean, should be totally taken and, and, and fired and dismissed to write propaganda in 2019 and I read this and I couldn't believe so it. So someone for faith or mercy or some well-meaning, beautiful animal... Right. Rights or just animal yeah. awareness. Well, they they're not radical, they, right? They know. So, so right, right. So Josephine or Joe Blow with a microphone hidden up their sleeve, they're going to introduce contaminants right, exactly. into it, what kind of garbage? Exactly. And all the profanity that's that I why know. This it's this garbage. garbage, and that's in Ontario, Canada, the sister province yeah. of where I'm from, Quebec. Yes, that's Ontario. <laughs> that's Ontario. That's the leader, friggin' with Toronto and all that, the make believe. Right. Yeah, that's a, that is a bullshit province Isn't and a bullshit amazing? thing to to even entertain that for a second. And you can't do Give indirectly, but you can't do directly. So yeah. they're just trying to say this is a trespass. It's not a joke. It's I mean, a they joke. Gotta, we got they got to talk about that on news. Yeah, and I really uh, hope on that the they national have this, and all this. For I God's hope sakes. that they have the same constitutional protection. So who authored that? Who's it attributed to? What minister? What political party? Uh, it, this is the Ontario Legislature this in is Toronto. The Ontario Legislature. So whose authorship and is this? I think it's um, whose authorship Ernie is this? Hardiman or Ernie Hardiman. Ernie Hardiman, right? He's the Minister of Agriculture. Isn't that beautiful? So Ernie Hardiman and his uh, disciples. Well, the premier, obviously. Right. The companies have him in their pockets to well, make up to make up bullshit right. that PETA is going to go in there. I'm just saying PETA. I know there's a there's beautiful other well, organizations. The, the most, the, the most out front, the most noteworthy one right. to suggest that someone's going to go in with a hidden microphone, a hidden camera, is going to give uh, diseases. It's just utter garbage. Okay. So this I, is the agent generation, myself. ladies and gentlemen out there. Of uh, the internet and all that, bring to bear, bring to bear the ridiculous that, and that'll bleed over to the premier of Ontario too, to suggest that we don't want any animal rights folks, whistleblowers and all, because you're going to make our animals sick. Well, so it's it, it's Pat okay right to beat now. the crap out of the animals, right, Nancy? Yeah. 
we're calling Pat right now. She's gonna. Why do you have to step on my toes and agitate me with the nonsense? Well, we got to get that minister. We get the minister of Ontario Agriculture. Get the Get him on the phone. He's a hack. Hello, Pat. Yes, is that Nancy? Yes, Nancy and William here. Thanks for coming back to the show. Did you just hear us going nuts on Bill 156? Hi, welcome aboard. Thank you so much, William. Of course, of course. Welcome. Did you hear my rant? Forgive me. I get a little uh, emotional. No, I did. I wasn't listening to you live before. I'm just coming on stream right now. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you tell him what happened in a nutshell, yeah. Nancy. I mean, he gets uh, worked up, but this oh, is uh, probably uh, one of the worst times I've seen him in a long time, and we work together a lot. So uh, you can uh, you well, give her a nutshell. What just happened? Nancy's well, we're saying, talking about Bill 156. So I guess the later time you can download the show from Ellie Talk Radio. Actually, we have podcasts everywhere on Stitcher and. Um, uh, iTunes and he just went nuts when I read the um, the, explan- the explanatory notes of Bill 156 to protect the mm-hmm. animals and not to contaminate food. In the Ontario legislature, they've introduced some legislation not to have any people, mercy for animals, PETA of that nature, or facts from there, to come in and, you know, spy. They don't use those words and all that microphones, hidden this, that, because you might contaminate, get the animals sick. Oh, it's yeah. Not, that's just a bunch it's, of fairy tale nonsense crap. And it's obvious it they're, in the, they're in the pocket of the meat processes. It's, it's horrific. And, and how you're right. going to fool the legislators and the Canadian people and people from Ontario and Toronto. Yeah, what garbage. So, Pat, sorry. tell us what's going on in Canada. With, <laughs> wait, 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 does I, she have a oh, sentence? Sorry. Give me a sentence. I have of kind of a deal. I've spent, you know, probably most of this week looking into this. Yeah. And I tried not to get personally emotional about it okay. and tried to take um, a bit of an, uh, an abstract, more lawyer's point of view. Right. And I think in the end, if some activists will not, notwithstanding the new legislation, they're going to continue going in onto these properties and filming and, and we will see how these consequences for them uh, flow out through the courts. Yes. It might have a definitely, I suspect, have a chilling effect on other activists. However, um, this could just be my personal op- sense of optimism, but I do believe that when one door closes, another opens elsewhere. So this may actually um, cause activists to be more creative in thinking of ways to help these animals and expose these injustices. Okay, so so just, uh, and this is kind of skipping to the end of what I was going to say, but for example, for example, I think an untapped area is for activists to help workers at these horrible places and ex-workers who had to leave because of the traumatic stress of it wow. or even physical injury wow. and to um, help these employees to launch lawsuits against their employers um, for emotional suffering, distress, post-traumatic stress, physical injury, etc. Have those lawsuits play out through the courts and then, wow, everything is out in the open, right? They have to prove their claim. They might have undercover footage. They are whistleblow. They are true whistleblowers. So what I'm saying is I'm I'm not I'm thinking there's still other ways to get yes. this out to the public. Agreed. Agreed. Okay, so my first, actually this is uh, interesting how you have like ex-employees who um you know suffered you know emotional physical distress to actually filed a law- lawsuit uh, getting it out I, I think it's you have a very good point Pat, Pat. the people let's say um you you're from Mercy for Animals and you you violate this new law, let's say in Alberta, and then you get the opportunity to uh, uh, dispute it to, yeah, to defend yourself. To defend yourself, and it comes out through discovery and, and all it that. Comes out through discovery, and That's great. you. Um, how about yeah. asserting so, the first amendment? Uh, so your constitutional this rights? This is really just these laws 
both the Alberta law that has come into force very quickly (laughs) over the course of 16 days or something. That's probably a record for new legislation. And the Ontario law, which just has first reading. They are really just supporting or reinforcing existing trespass laws. So, I mean, I, I, I know I'm for the animals, so I hope you two don't think when I talk here today that I am not for the animals. I couldn't be more for the animals. But the bottom line is this is unlawful trespass. Right. And so, um, so um, the law has always, the first thing the law protects is the person, the body. And the next thing on the law's priority for protection is property. So trespass, it's not, trespass is not just a wrong under provincial, Canadian provincial legislation. It's a wrong under common law that goes back hundreds and thousands of years, right? Right. So uh, a a farmer, let's use the example of a farmer who has people trespassing on his property, let's say he just for the sake of convenience, doesn't have to invoke um, calling the police and, and in, invoking this provincial trespass legislation. Just at common law, a property owner has the right to eject using reasonable force. They can eject trespassers and and um, bring a, an action, a court action, a civil court action against the trespassers. And the courts so uh, consider trespass to be a serious wrong that that trespass is considered actionable per se without any damage. And in the usual course, a, 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 a pers- an, a, an owner will just be awarded nominal damages. But I saw something that said, oh, an owner can be awarded um, what's called, of course, damages if there's any property damage, right. but pure economic loss, which is loss of profits, the farmer might suffer, even though there's no physical damage. So if a farmer loses a day of production and uh, can't meet contract deadlines or has to pay overtime to staff to try to meet up, make up for last, lost time, or a truck is delayed and can't get in to make its delivery in time and is it delayed by a day. Do you see where I'm going? Those, yeah, but those economic losses can be huge. That's fine, but those are you, regular... You see, yeah. you that, see has that? A, that has a chilling effect. That, I, no, I know. Those are, trespass, those are regular trespassers, but I don't That's think... just regular trespass. And so I know that people are saying, well, we have a constitutional right to freedom of expression. So in Canada, our constitutional document is called the Canadian Charter of Rights and Freedoms. And we are guaranteed um, freedom of expression. But that guarantee is, that right is guaranteed, but it's not unlimited. So basically the Constitution is to protect individuals, us Canadians, from government actions that infringe on one of these fundamental rights. But if there's just a pure common law trespass, the charter's not even invoked. The courts say, for example, if there's a dispute between a landlord and tenant, there's no government involvement there. The trust, the charter, the constitution doesn't apply at all. No, but I'm applying that. So the freedom of expression doesn't even come in then. Do you so, see what I'm saying? So, so let and me give even you a... if, even if the farmer says, no, I'm going to do this, not through a civil action, not through my common law right, I'm going to invoke the provincial statute. I'm phoning the police. They're going to lay charges, et cetera, et cetera. The the charter, the charter right, as I said, it's guaranteed but not unlimited, and and I'm not sure that it applies to Pat, Pat, private property. Pat, Pat, I understand exactly what you're saying. State action, how the Constitution here and the rights of the charter. Up there applies. To, I got it. I hear you. So there's no wait, freedom wait, of the press. Wait. Actual trespass supersedes the freedom right. of the press or the the freedom of speech. The, the, the just the act of trespassing uh, supersedes might invalidate the, someone's charter rights. Like wait. because so if there's an if the charter's even invoked, right? If the charter even applies freedom of expression on private property with a government law that is not saying you must not express yourself on on private property. The government law is just saying you must not trespass on private property. Even if the charter's invoked, then the court goes through this very complicated analysis mm-hmm. to say, um, 
you know, how are these rights balanced? And I'm not sure that the court is going to say someone's freedom of expression overrides someone else's right to the sanctity of their property. Pat, wait, I don't want to lose the the, the audience on all the legalities of this stuff. The headline, though, is the information, and I appreciate what you're both saying. The headline here is the fruit of the tree, whether it's poison or So the fruit of the tree is this, okay? They go ahead and they get the scandalous stuff. They get an, an abuse. They get an employee abusing the animal. That's the fruit of this stuff here. Now leave, leave alone for whether the state acts, common law, the statutory law, blah, blah, blah. What about can they disseminate that information with impunity? Never mind the trespass because the, the big picture is so look I, what I, when I did kind of I wanted to spend a whole bunch of time looking at U.S. law and how the ag gag laws in some states have been uh, struck down as being unconstitutional. And what that. I I didn't get time to do that. But what I did glimpse is that in the states, the prohibition is against disseminating information that is not anywhere on the books so far in Canada. It's simply do not trespass on private okay, property. Okay, that's all it's fine, but a- that's the minutiae. That's the minutiae. Can someone go to, to the, the reaches of wherever it is in Ontario, Quebec, or Alberta, see the transgressions, the horrific thing done to the animal, leave alone the trespass and all the stuff we're talking about, and can they go put that in the Globe and no, Mail and all that? No, they're not allowed. Or is there going to be, right. or is that going to be a censorship, a gag? Yes. Your fruits of that poison well, tree can't be the so there's, there's something in, in B.C. and also Alberta, and I don't know if you've heard about what they're called SLAP lawsuits, S-L-A-P-P, strategic lawsuits against public participation. So this was happening a few years ago in B.C. where people were lawfully protesting. This was called the Forest Wars, and people were lawfully protesting against um, natural resource companies that were logging old-growth forests and putting in natural gas pipelines and things like that. And the the resource companies were suing them for what were really frivolous grounds like um, defamation, um, right. harming the reputation of the corporation, right. etc. And they were really just attempts to right. stifle this lawful protest um, through no expensive lawsuits. Yeah. And the legislature in BC and Ontario and perhaps in other provinces enacted legislation that prohibits these slap suits. So, in other words, the the provinces have enacted specific legislation that protects lawful protesting. Thank God for but, that. But there's but, hope in Canada. But these are yeah. not lawful right. protests. These are people trespassing, and then they obtain uh, video footage, and the new law in Alberta stifles the made it dissemination. An to disseminate this, and okay. that's where I was wondering. That's what I care about. Okay, so I didn't see that in the Alberta legislation, the dissemination. Well, I mean, if I you, did not see that. Hmm. Actually, I thought I saw that. That if you, but, you're, but you you're, see, you're subject to a, a very large fine, and yes, but nothing about this. That's the fine for trespassing. It's all about trespassing. And yeah, it's pretty onerous, like definitely onerous. And the Ontario legislation is even more so because, um, you know, there can be having to pay for the cost of prosecution and well, that's the chilling effect. They want to chill. They want to chill people. Trespass. You'll be the responsible loss of our business and all that. But but the the bottom line, the motivation for for the whistleblowers or for the activists is to find. The horrific treatment of it. If that could be disseminated anyway, it might make it all worth it. You see what I'm saying? Well, I mean, so that it's a good thing because you trespass, you obtain. I, so let, let's say that I'm that I I'm, I'm misread. So you trespass, and they uh, they charge you that you're 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 prosecuted for trespassing, and but you, you correct an evil, and then you you say, well, that and you. So basically. You will be fined for trespassing. So it's just trying to prevent people from trespassing on the property under false pretenses or whatever to obtain video footage. But the video footage is subject to a different penalty, if you will. Or no, I mean, what happens to well, Well, I'll tell you what happened. In April here, there was this very big, first-of-its-kind animal activism event in, in Vancouver, just outside the city here, called Meet, Meet the Victims. And, oh, I don't have the numbers, but something like... Uh, 
100 people were outside a pig farm and something like 50 people went inside and they were dressed in biohazard suits and they were very peaceable and and sat with the pigs and I think some people were outside filming through the windows and and um you know the the police were called and the press was notified so the farmer said yes the press can come in and film so by the time the press was allowed in it was several hours later mm. and oh what a surprise the whole place had been cleaned right. up right. by the time the of press course, got in so by the time it showed on the five o'clock news it didn't look that bad at all they right. interviewed the farmer he came across as a kind of an aw shucks kind of a nice guy then the footage was shown to the uh, the enforcement agency in BC is called the BC SPCA the footage was shown to them and they said well it kind of looks like standard practice to us we don't think there's anything to investigate here now it turns out months later they have decided to reopen the possibility of an investigation but it doesn't necessarily, and then a lot of people were like, oh, those activists are so extreme, right. they're trespassing. So I'm like, mm, does it really do? Is it achieving what we want? I don't know. Right, right, right. So tell us a little bit before we let you go about this Bill 156 in Ontario and how it was a little bit beyond, above and beyond what the new bill in Alberta does. Yes, for sure. So I was thinking about, well, you can't stop trucks or, you know, do anything like that. And maybe the trucks are on public roads, but I'm not sure a court would say, even though this is freedom of expression on public property, a public road, the court might say the overriding public interest in safety around moving motor vehicles overrides the right of expression that these activists have to stop trucks loaded with animals. Oh. Well, I mean, well, do they actually stop the, the how do they I think they the wave them down, the yes. How do they get footage? They actually stop the trucks and they get footage? Is that what they do? Yeah, so I think it says the truck is about to turn into the the you know, the plant or the, uh, the slaughterhouse or whatever. They yeah. wave the truck down and stop it sort of before it enters the property. So how um, so how realistic? So you know the government isn't stupid. So if somebody is caught, um, they only find out that this person has trespassed once uh, they release video footage of uh, the, the horrible conditions there. So they have to make a judgment call if they actually prosecute this person. Uh, I think you you alluded to this at the beginning of our talk. Isn't it like once you made it known to the public, isn't it good for all these animal rights and welfare people to be prosecuted in a sense? So I don't know in a trespass action whether you even have a right. You have a defense, defense, but defenses for trespass are very few. The defense could be, oh, I thought I had consent to go. Well, no, you don't because there was a no trespassing sign. A defense could be... I had suspicion oh, uh, that he was you know, committing the, illegal acts. There's a defense of necessity, right? So I looked that up. I'm like, well, maybe it's like we're preserving life inside these farms. But that defense of necessity is not going to work. So if there's no defense... There's no defense. So there's nothing shown in court. There's nothing revealed. There's no defense. The person intentionally trespassed. But, but what about, uh, I had a, uh, that you said you had a reason, reason to believe that the, the, uh, the, the organization. The protection statutes are being violated. But I think there are no, I, I, and, uh, Pat, this is a good question. Well, that's animals, the problem. There's no prote- statute right. they or no they're not being violated because the standards are so ridiculously low. And no I was going to look this up for you, but I didn't get a chance. But right. I think just this week, um, um, a Vancouver animal lawyer and the group supporting her spent an incredible amount of time and money bringing an action in respect of a violation of an actual law respecting the amount of room that horses have to have on an airplane before being transported overseas for consumption in Asia. Right. And uh, I didn't get a chance to read the okay, judgment, okay. but it seemed like that was a slam dunk. They had proof that right. these regulations, like, thank God there's some regulations, right. were breached. And you know what? They lost the lawsuit. 
Interesting. But but you see, I so got there's you, either but, no laws or the laws are not enforced. And if we try to bring an action for non-enforcement, we're losing those court cases. Right. Got it. But but you 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 would think that you just talked to defenses to trespass. The trespass, if there is a crime that's actively being committed or a statute being violated, they're very protective of animals in California, for example, right? So the only way to enforce the violations, okay, to stop the violations of statutes, or criminal or civil, is to go ahead and get these, and maybe some of them will entail trespass. Yeah, but you just Well, in this case, there's no violation of a statute. A, there's no statute. Gotcha, gotcha. And, right. and B, if there is, then it's not being violated because it's just, you know, this is the horrible standard. Right, exactly, well, a very you know, low standard. They, they have to go ahead, the, 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 the pro-animal lobby's got to go ahead and persuade some of the legislators, you know, from the Pacific to the Atlantic Ocean and say, look, here's the right side of things, and get some animal protection laws and how they right. can be enforced. And so then I will say to you, William, this is a conversation that I wish you were here and we'd actually, uh, I don't drink, but we could have a beer over this <laughs> one. As, a, as an abolitionist, as abolitionists, do yes. we want to spend any time, money, and resources on creating better welfare laws? No, absolutely or do, not. But we you know what I'm saying, right? You know, but, you know, I, but the thing is, you know, we'll take what we can get. That's what I say all the time. We're one step ahead, but it looks like we're being set back. As I always praise Canada for not having the Zagag logs, and now it seems like you're bleeding into the western provinces, well, even Ontario. Um, Pat, this is all the time we have. We, you need to come okay. back on the show. And I will just finish with one thing, saying I saw a survey that said when the governments enact these ag-gag laws, it tends to create distrust among meat eaters right. because they start to wonder what is being hiding? hidden from me. So there hiding? could be a backlash. It could be. like That could work in our favor. Pat, we need to Pat, uh, wait, talk on about... On this final note, you know what, Pat? Remember, Harvey's has not one veggie. Harvey's Harvey's has not one veggie burger, two veggie burgers. So there's a yeah. market for what? What the hell am I talking about? Canadians have a conscience. If Harvey's has two veggie burgers, okay, that okay, so they, but they not they the not the Canadian government, yeah, not the Canadian not, legislature those in are the, Alberta and Ontario. Those are the whore legislators That's who right. are in the pockets of the big meat process. Excuse my language, Pat. Sorry. Okay, Pat. This yeah. is all the time. No, I'm back. angry with you, but I just am not giving up. I'm like, truth will always prevail. Correct. It will find a way through. That's right. Thanks so let's so much, continue our conversation later on, maybe in the new year. Thanks, Pat, but we've got to run. Cause Have a wonderful up. holiday, you two. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Too. you. Okay, Take bye. care. Bye. Thank bye. you. Bye-bye. Bye. So that's it with Pat. She's gonna have, we're going to have to have a part three with Pat. Yes. All you people Nancy, there, you fire me up each show here. Thank you very I much. We're, again, got over. Uh, so um, until next time, thank you for spending this time with us. Merry Christmas. Bye-bye. Happy New Year. Happy holidays, folks. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. You're listening to Animal News Magazine with Nancy DeFabio, only on L.A. Talk Radio.